0: If you work in security or IT, and your company has Okta, this message is for you. Have you noticed that for the past few years, the majority of the data breaches and hacks that you read about have something in common? It's employees. Hackers absolutely love exploiting vulnerable employee devices and credentials. But it doesn't have to be this way. Imagine a world where only secure devices can access your cloud apps. In this world, phish credentials are useless to hackers and you can manage every OS, even Linux, from a single dashboard. Best of all, you can get employees to fix their own device security issues without creating more work for IT. The good news is, you don't have to imagine this world. You could just start using Collide. Collide is a device trust solution for companies with Okta, and it ensures that if a device isn't trusted and secure, it can't log into your cloud apps. Visit collide.com slash unsupervised learning to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot slash unsupervised learning. Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security AI and meaning focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right. Welcome to unsupervised learning. This is Daniel Miesler. All right. Super hyped for this week, making great progress on adding stuff to the class that is coming up on Saturday and I'm closing out signups at the end of Thursday. So get in while you can, you can still reserve a slot. And I've got a whole bunch of work done on my big open source project that I'm releasing pro Hopefully the week after, or maybe the week after that, like the last week of January, and I'm really excited about that. I just can't wait to show everyone this project. Uh, stuff I put out actually the same as last week, so it's AI's predictable path and the response to the Corey Doctoro thing. Uh, some of the feedback there has been pretty interesting. All right, security LastPass is mandating a. 12 character master password and a whole bunch of other security settings. And this is after they had a really bad year last year with a bunch of uh, incidents. Mandiant's uh, X account got taken over, which was uh, embarrassing for them given how high profile they are. Got some async rat attacks called uh, stealthy async rat attacks. Um, US infrastructure has been targeted by async rat malware for 11 months, and AT&T's Alien Labs provided some detection tools for this. Drones are becoming a go-to method for smugglers. I mean, I think this has already been the case, but evidently it's getting more prevalent. Basically, you can bypass all sorts of security checkpoints by just flying over. And the drones are getting cheaper to be able to carry quite a bit of weight. Yeah, this is a cat and mouse that I just don't see how the good guys win this one. I mean, you have all sorts of electronic countermeasures you can do. Lots of stuff like that at CES, actually. Last time I went to CES, there was a whole bunch of anti-drone technology. I wonder if that's still the case today. I think it just went on last week. There was a uh, data breach at Health EC. Over 4.5 million individuals had their personal data exposed. Technology. Some people at DeepMind. It, I can't actually tell if it was DeepMind or if it was just plain Stanford. Someone had Stanford on their desktop, but someone else said it was DeepMind. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, completely insane new robot. This thing. It's basically got a laptop. It's on like a shelf, and the laptop is sitting on the shelf, and the shelf has an arm mounted to both sides of the shelf, and down below on the shelf is like a uh, this is like battery. And it's got like wheels. It's got a motor for actually moving around. So this thing can move around the house. It can do things like, you know, make an egg. Um, It can clean up a mess. It could do all sorts of things. And what's really crazy is it can watch while a human does something and it can actually learn uh, what the human did and repeat that behavior. And the most exciting thing about it is that. You can make one for like $30,000, which sounds like a lot of money, but it's actually completely off the shelf parts. It's $30,000 because it's like the arms, the robot arms, it's the laptop, and it's like the power, I assume, right? The the um, battery. So all those are expensive, fairly expensive, but I mean, I mean, less than a car or about the same price as a car. So most importantly, it's off the shelf stuff. This is consumer technology. And this is the type of thing that starts to get really crazy when you combine it with off the shelf consumer artificial intelligence. So now you have an open source, like consumer-based robot combined with open source consumer-based AI. And just imagine what's going to happen, right? I mean, innovation comes from like, just creating the coolest stuff ever. That's really practical. And I I heard a really cool quote a long time ago that basically strategy is really smart ways of addressing problems that really, really hurt lots of people. Or it's like, you have an opening wherever something is a pain point. And there's a pain point all over the world, which is companionship, and the inability to get things done around the house, right? Go pick up these clothes, vacuum, um, you know, get something out of the refrigerator, you know, read something on a shelf, uh, go get the remote control. So many elderly people aren't mobile and they need this kind of help. Plus, it's one thing to talk to an AI for companionship. It's quite another thing if it's like, if it's got arms and it can bring you the remote control and I don't know, get your hairbrush or something or brush your hair. Like there is so much potential here for producing a new type of consumer product. And this is what Elon has been all about. This is what the Tesla robot is all about, but he's trying to make it look really cool, right? He's trying to make it look like a human and that's infinitely more difficult than what this team did cuz this team it's like a shelf with arms basically and and a laptop in the middle it does not look that cool but its functionality is amazing and when you have open source ai models i mean the combination of these two is just going to be completely ridiculous and i think we're going to see really really cool tech coming out of this and probably I don't know, one to three to four years, who, who knows, like when, when the big moment will be. But I expect there's going to be some kind of big moment with this within probably three years where it's like, it, it's going to be, it's going to start as a grassroots type thing, I think. And then some big company like a Google or an Apple or somebody, probably not Apple, but Google or Microsoft, somebody or Tesla is going to pick it up and be like, okay, I'm bringing this to market. And that market is going to go insane. I mean, Elon has been saying for a while that cars are nothing compared to in-home robots. And I think he's absolutely correct about that. And what this project did is show how real this is, right? It shows how real, how approachable this is. I can't believe the thing can watch you do something one time. One one of its examples was it had a um a wine glass full of wine and I've, I've got the link to the video in the uh, newsletter. It had a wine glass full of wine, but there was like a spill next to it. The thing w- drove over there, picked up the wine glass without breaking it. And you know, the stem of a wine glass is pretty fragile. Picks it up. With its other hand, it wipes the, the thing. It actually didn't get it all, but whatever. Uh, lots of points for trying. And it got most of it, probably like 80% of it. And then it sets the wine glass back down. And I'm like, are you serious? This thing is like bolted onto a random cart that you buy at Walmart, right? It's got some random battery rig to it. And it actually walked over and picked up a wine glass. And you probably, you know, they probably taught it how to pick up the wine glass and and set it back down and said, Hey, this is how you clean a wine spill or something. So I just didn't think that was going to be possible anytime soon and they're just hacking it together and you com- that exact same thing is happening happening in the open source AI world right where you didn't think that was going to be possible you thought that was only going to be possible with pinnacle models like GPT-4 and then in the course of the months after GPT-4 comes out you see these models just getting better and better and better and better at a rate that's just insane and again, I'm going to say it one last time, the combination of the two is where all the awesomeness is going to be. All right. OpenAI's GPT store is coming out this week sometime. It might actually be out now. I have to check and take a look, but, um, you've got to have a GPT plus enabled, but, uh, yeah, it basically it's a store where you can download the coolest, most importantly, it's discovery, right? You can see the coolest GPTs that most people are using and it incentivizes people because to, to make cool ones because you get paid um, the more people download and use your GPT, which of course makes the stats go up, which makes the discovery go up, which, um, you know, it just rewards the best ones, right? And it makes it easier to find them. So it, it's just going to bolster this whole ecosystem, which I'm excited about. Google is pushing to remove third-party cookies from Chrome in 2024. They're actually moving too fast in a lot of people's opinions, and I would agree. I actually think this rollout of removing cookies and trying to go to this, uh, this model that they're trying to do, it's called Topics. It's basically where you don't go based on what sites people visited, but you go off of a list of topics that people enjoy, which is stored on your, your device. So your browser shares that with the website of like, oh, this person is into, you know, sewing and transformers and whatever. And that list of topics is what is sent to the ad group. And then the ad group sends you something based on that. First of all, I don't think it's going to work as well as the other one. But most importantly, I think it's probably going to be a half-assed rollout the way that Google tends to do, uh, which means they'll abandon it in a couple of years when it fails. And it's just like, everyone knows that's going to happen already. And most importantly, the whole ad industry is like, you can't do this. We are not ready. Like nobody is ready for this. Like no one's going to adopt your half-baked idea. What are you doing? And I don't know, we'll see if they do it. The one thing that makes me think they won't do it is because it seems to me, and I'm not sure about this, but it seems to me that Google is likely to lose a lot of money if they mess this up. And if that's the case, then it either won't happen or it'll happen for like 12 minutes before it gets reversed. Uh, flush is an app that lets you book cafes, bathrooms for $5, which seems very expensive to me. Um, oh, and they're also taking a 5% cut of, um, the money just to help you discover bathrooms. I, I don't know if that's going to take off. Starlink launched a bunch of satellites that let you use your LTE phone basically anywhere. It's got, uh, it's basically cell phone towers in space is what it is. And it's supposed to come out by the end of 2023, and it's a partnership with uh, T-Mobile. And Apple Vision Pro is coming out February 2nd or 3rd, and uh, I'm getting ready to go get in line. I am getting one of these things, even though it's over $4,000. It's quite expensive, but I want to mess with it. And Microsoft believes so strongly in AI that they're going to put a dedicated key on Windows keyboards. They're calling it a copilot button, but I think it's going to be called like an AI button. It's basically clippy, is what it is. Humans. The Ministry of State Security is cracking down on military fans who are sharing photos of army equipment. Suicide rates among Gen Z, especially girls, are really high. You've got to see these, uh, these charts from, uh, after Babel, just, just insane, uh, visuals on, on how much this is growing. Uh, yeah, hugely depressing problem. The U S economy outperformed on jobs by adding 216,000 positions in December. Gallup's latest poll reveals 28% of Americans are satisfied with democracy, which is a new low. And that's down from thirty five percent. Democrats are at thirty eight percent. Republicans are at seventeen percent support of democracy, <laughs> like as opposed to what? Uh, I mean, you got you got to be careful with these things, right? Because it's like how do they phrase the the question? You know, it, it matters. But yeah. And what's really interesting about the Republican one is it used to be the highest. So it used to be the highest back in like the eighties when they started doing this, they were, Republicans were at like 80% and now they're at 17%. So they were the highest and now they're the lowest. Whereas Democrats are actually the most unvaried. They were the lowest before and now they're the highest. And so their line is basically horizontal, whereas Republicans is a steep decline. It's quite interesting. Starbucks or Starbucks, yeah, Starbucks or Starbucks is now letting you use your own cup for drive through and mobile orders. And it's part of their initiative to get rid of waste. I mean, think of how many Starbucks cups go into landfills. So this is pretty cool. Most Americans still reject the... January 6th Capitol riot, but CBS News poll shows Republican disapproval is slipping. So three years on, 78% of Americans condemn the insurrection, yet Republican approval has grown from 21% to 30%. So Republicans currently have 17% support for democracy, down from 80%, And 30% support for the January 6th riot, up from 21%. I mean, I totally get the Republican sort of vibe of like, the left is broken and the system is broken. 100% get that. But authoritarianism ain't it, you know? It's not it. That's not the way to fix this. All right. This is not a political podcast. I just find, yeah, these weird trends really, really fascinating. And don't think I'm just coming after Republicans here, right? I I get flamed when I when I go extreme on uh on Republicans or I go extreme against the left, right? Because uh I'm a progressive guy. I'm I'm a liberal guy. I've never voted for a Republican, but I I have a lot of uh, sympathy for their position that the current situation is really bad and they want to sort of like aggressively redress it. Right. I 100% agree with that. But the way they're trying to do it, no, not a fan. I think radical centrism is the way to go. And that doesn't mean not having opinions, it means having nuanced opinions. About complex issues that are complex. All right, California's courts have ruled that police drone footage isn't automatically off limits due to public records requests uh, or to public records requests. So it basically means um, they're not special policey things that you can't get access to, at least in California. Been playing a lot more with local AI models lately. This is in the notes section. Lots of a llama, but also Ooga Booga's I'm not sure that's the name of it. There's a lot of O's. It's like Uga Booga. I, I don't know. It's a horrible name in my opinion. And I am I choose to call it Uga Booga. But it's a web UI for running all sorts of models. Uh, really cool. Uh, it works really well with Hugging Face. You can actually just put in a Hugging Face uh, snippet or a shortcut like for the name. And then it'll start downloading and you can play with it right in the web browser. So highly recommend that. Discovery Vim for pen testing, Tom Hudson, also known as Tom, num, num. Yeah. Tom Hudson, he put together this amazing thing. actually stuck, put it together, but Tom was on the show and it was like this casual thing that stuck did in this, uh, in this coffee shop, like in 2019. And it's honestly still one of the best, like command line hacking videos that I've ever seen in my life. You absolutely must see it. It's linked in the newsletter. Crew AI, a new agent framework. It's basically like Autogen, but it, in my opinion, like easier and better, like better syntax. And I've got an example of the syntax here in the newsletter. White Rabbit Neo, a fine-tuned version of Llama 2 that's based or focused around cybersecurity, both offensive and defensive. So it's actually um unblocked. It's, uh, there's a word for this. There's a word for this. I don't know what the word is. It's uncensored. That's what it is. It's basically a fine tuned model that lets you, le- that lets it talk about how to hack things in a way that if you ask Llama 2, it would say, I can't help you with that. Or if you ask GPT 4, it would say, I can't help you with that. But this one will. It uh, doesn't mean it will give you the right answer, by the way. But like uh, I saw someone do a demo of it and it was like, how do you hack an iPhone? And the ways that it gave me to hack an iPhone were actually pretty bad. Next one here, ASI Top. This is a really cool CLI tool for monitoring performance on Apple Silicon Max, and it's inspired by NVTop. But it's a uh, really cool, like green screen, and it shows GPU. It also shows use of your neural engine. So for people with Apple or Apple Silicon, yeah, on their Apple hardware, you could actually see how much of the GPU is being used. And what's cool about SOC is that your GPU is your memory, right? It's all shared memory. Uh, So really cool visualization. I kind of keep it up at all the time at this point. Preparing for security engineer interviews. So try hack me offers a comprehensive guide for security engineer interviews. Time cat, this is cool. Super low rent stopwatch for the command line. So you just run time cat. And then when you get done, you just do control C and it tells you how long you were catting for. (laughs) It's quite silly. It's actually just the time command, which measures the time that anything runs and then you run the cat command and the cat command just sits there waiting for input. And then, uh, you don't give it any input and then you control C and it tells you how long it ran. Yeah. Quite, uh, quite silly, but useful maybe GitHub blog. It's a GitHub issues, GitHub Issues system for doing content management for a blog. So you manage all your input with GitHub issues. Webmention.app automates sending web mentions for links on your site. Offline chat private AI lets you run Mistral7B on iPhone Pros. Ivan Tolkunov built an AI to spot AI-generated images and according to a benchmark that he published, it hit over 99% accuracy green phone. This is a, uh, you can create green screen prompts in Midjourney for custom art placement within an image typefully is a tool that makes retweeting easier with smart tips and automated features. I haven't used it a lot yet, but it looks pretty promising. A lot of people love it. uh, Weekly Wins Planner: A fresh template to help you organize your weekly achievements. I think this is really useful for somebody who just needs to see themselves making progress. Challenge Bowl Icebreakers: This free Challenge Bowl icebreaker template offers a creative way to engage team members with questions and activities. Click through this one; it looks pretty good. Because um, a lot of those efforts to like liven up meetings just aren't very good. This one looked better than most. And got an idea here at the anti-library, a bookshelf of stuff you haven't read yet. That's cool. I just started, I just put together a bookshelf of only stuff that I've read. In fact, it's only my favorite books. And that's the way I went with it. But I could see going the opposite way as well. It's like a motivation of like, look at all this awesome stuff. Ideally, it would be super awesome stuff and also not read. It would also mean that the more you're reading, hopefully from that thing, the more it would be changing all the time. Which I kind of like that idea as well. And last one here, uh, recommended by uh, my buddy Joseph Thacker Potheads, planners, and players, different ways to approach projects. It's a lot of P's, alliteration. <laughs> Recommendation of the week Remember that goals don't win us anything, which is why New Year's resolutions seldom work. It's about the systems. The algorithm for winning is one, you start with your goals. Two, you build systems that will get you to those goals. And three, and most importantly, you actually execute on that system. Another word for system is basically routine. So it's not about what you want to do or what you set out to do. It's about what you actually do day to day throughout the year. So build the ultimate system or routine for 2024. That should be the top priority. Build the routine that if you follow it will result in you accomplishing your goals for the year. And there's no better time to do this than early January. And the aphorism for the week. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Will Durant. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.